Hello and welcome to Think About Eurovision, a Eurovision podcast with me, Chris, a Eurovision fanatic from the UK. And me, Kim, a Eurovision newbie from Canada. Today is another episode of the DNQ files, the Did Not Qualify files. Today we're going to be looking at a song for uh, that featured in the 2012 um, contest that sadly failed to make it through to the grand final. Uh, so today we're looking at a song that went out in the semi-finals. Um, sadly, this song actually came last in its semi-final. Oh no! So I'm going to be interested to see if you think it deserved that last place, or when we watch the final, if there were any songs that you think this should have taken the place of, or if it deserved to not make it through to the final. Okay, I will give you my thoughts. So what country are, What country is this, Chris? This was the Slovakian entry for 2012. Okay. Um, I think with this, you, you're going to learn another sort of one of the quirks of my taste in music. So is this one that you love or do not love? I love it. Okay. I, I'm a fan of this. But I, 2012 is a while back. And obviously I remember the grand final like yesterday, but mm-hmm. I don't particularly remember the semifinals. So when I was going back watching the 2012 contest, I watched the, uh, both the semifinals as well because uh, my fiance Sarah, she was out of the country when the 2012 Eurovision Song Contest happened. So we've both enjoyed watching this together. So oh, watch nice. the uh, semi-finals and the final. Um, and because we've been a little bit of a downer lately in the DNQ file episodes, <laughs> I wanted to find something that at least I loved. So, you know, even if you hate it, we know that one of us is going to be positive and have something good to say. <laughs> Fair enough. So just to be uh, just to be clear um, that I did watch, of course, the 2012 finale, which we're going to be discussing in our next episode, but I did not watch any of the semifinals. So I won't have the other non-qualifying songs to compare this one to, but um, I can certainly talk about it in comparison to the, to the 2012. Yes. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, I was watching the semi-finals going, oh God, all the songs that went out in this are not good. (laughs) For the first semi-final, I was like, yeah, all the songs that should have gone through to the final went through to the final. And literally, I was on the second semi-final and I was going through them all. I was like, yeah, this song deserved not to qualify. And it literally got down to the last song that failed to qualify. And at this point, I was like, well, I'm going to have to choose something to bad mouth. (laughs) <laughs> and then this song came on and I was like, yes. <laughs> I'm excited to hear it. I'm excited. Like I could feel your passion for this song and I want to experience it for myself. So I'm excited. Right. Shall we have a listen? Let's do it. Okay. Hey there, it's Chris. Um, just adding this in, uh, in post-production as I was listening to the podcast, I realized that in my haste to share this song with Kim, I forgot to mention the name of the song and the, ta- and the, uh, performer. Uh, so the song that we listened to was Don't Close Your Eyes by Max Jason Mai. The lights are amazing. This is a proper rock show. Like, I kind of love a hair metal rock vibe i'm digging this it's like hair metal meets new metal yeah 
I like it. Yes. <laughs> They're like full like skull rings and black eyeliner. It's like a real uh sort of stereotypical hair metal look for me, but like I'm vibing. I'm I like it. <laughs> the like leather pants and shirtless long hair. You know the bands in the Battle of the Bands for School of Rock? Yes. It's like that. Exactly, yeah. He's got a voice on him. I know. I wish I didn't know that they weren't playing their instruments. Uh, you'd, you'd buy it, wouldn't you? You'd buy I that would so buy it. it. Yeah, I absolutely would. Oh, yeah. Hype that crowd. I mean, I would hazard a guess. Even though it's not plugged in, they're probably playing their instruments because they know what they're doing. It's probably yeah. easier to, rather than mime, just play with them not plugged in, not mime I mean, the drums. Much better than the like aimless smashing of the circular keyboard that we saw in the 2014 <laughs> one. <laughs> it's the like extreme close up to him emoting is like <laughs> that's amazing. A rock song, a proper rock song at a Eurovision. A proper rock song. Well then. I liked it. Yeah. Okay. I can tell you right now, I would 100% put this ahead of some of the songs that actually made it to the 2012 finale. Totally. Same. I am on board with that. That, that in, the, in the 2012 final would be a top 10 for me. Really? I don't yeah. know that it would go that far for me, but I did really like it. This is not my usual music genre, um, but as I have said many times, uh, that like I am... Uh, discovering a new Eurovision taste that is not necessarily uh, like um, like a judgment that I use is not necessarily like would I listen to this in my everyday life it's like is this is this my Eurovision taste and so like I liked it I wouldn't put it on to like commute to work but I <laughs> Was I was down with this. And like we we're talking about the 2012 finale in our next full length episode. So I don't want to go into too much detail about which specific songs I liked and didn't like because we're going to talk about it in detail next time. But yeah, I definitely would put this ahead of some of them. And I'm so sorry, Chris. I think that like an easy pickings for me is that if it was not automatically put in the finale, UK would have been out of there. Out of there. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we'll have words next time we record. I Really? I mean, like, okay, if you are going to go into a passion defense of Engelbert Humperdinck's performance, <laughs> I just then, I am, then I am going to, um, I, I'm going to listen to your view, but like, not my favorite. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Uh, but honestly, I mean, I'm so sad that came last, but. There's some side of me that kind of understands it. Eurovision is geared up towards pop music as a yes. whole. Yeah. There's been some outliers. Um, there's going to be actually going to see in the future that where rock bands that made it through to the final. But they are just that. They are outliers. Um, I think that was maybe back in 2012, a little bit too heavy for the general viewership of Eurovision. Right. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I think that that's too bad, but I can see um, the point that you're making, even with the relatively few Eurovisions that I have watched. Um, we talked a little bit, even with like the 19... 19- 
57 won the 1988. I mean, they were quite um, sort of conservative slash traditional and not necessarily in keeping with what was popular in radio play at the time. And so maybe uh, to your point, this was just a little bit too heavy rock for the Eurovision sensibilities. But so, so uh, Chris, I'm sorry if you have told me this already, but for the semifinals, is the judging purely based on the judging panels or is there any kind of voting in of the general population no just like the final it's a combination in 2012 it was a combination of uh, jury vote and televote okay so i was thinking that maybe the the judges like panel was sort of stacked more conservatively but if there was a voting in component too then you know maybe it just wasn't the eurovision vibe and that people were going more pop and definitely ballads there's pop it's pop heavy and ballad heavy yeah um but you're right not a lot of hard rock i've seen so far just having a look at the lineups of both semi-finals i think if this was in the first semi-final it would have fared better because the first semi-final had finland and iceland who both have a good sort of history of of really sort of heavy rock bands um, okay and so the voting countries so like okay so in the first semi-final the only countries that vote are the countries that participated in that semi-final and yes and half of the big five and the host nation that the big five and the host nation vote both vote on one of the semi-finals and that's basically decided on past voting sort of behavior so gotcha. they'd, okay. they'd separate. So if let's say the UK usually can't vote the semi-final where Ireland's competing, because we have a history of voting for them, so they try oh. and break it up like that. Interesting. I do see a little bit already. There seems to be a level of sort of um, not necessarily deliberate, but there's like some uh, reciprocity. Is that the right word? Where there are some countries that tend to vote um, for certain countries. Usually they're very close neighbors. And then those countries tend to vote for them. So uh, so, yeah, I can see why that rule was put in place. Yeah. And that's the argument. A lot of people say that it's all political. And that's why the UK doesn't win. Yeah. which I will well, always not say this is time. <laughs> it was because the song was garbage. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm really kind of needling at you. <laughs> and I I um I won't make any more UK comments on this one until we get to the full length episode. Um but like listeners, tune in next week to hear Chris impa- Chris's impassioned speech on why I am wrong on the UK's entry in twenty twelve. <laughs> I definitely have opinions on it. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to that discussion. Oh, okay. Like, it's so not going to be pop- an argument. It's not an get argument. Get your popcorn ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in this, on this particular song, it sounds like we are in agreement. I might not have liked it quite as much as you. I wouldn't have put it in my top 10 for 2012, but I definitely would have seen it make the competition for sure. Yeah. I mean, I am into rock music. Uh, as I've said before, I like punk and ska, but you give me a good metal song, I'm going to dig it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was a good metal song. It was um, the right yeah. side of pop for me. Yeah. It was like, I really don't like metal songs that don't have like a real 
tune. It's just like a, a lot of screaming, you know. Yeah. But um, I like a good hair metal throwback for sure. My brother-in-law actually, he loves hair metal and he follows the darkness, um, the band The Darkness. He follows them around on tour whenever he can. He loves Ozzy. He's are seen. They, are, uh, are the darkness still even going? Yes. He was devastated actually. This year he was supposed to see uh, The Darkness and Ozzy Osbourne, and of course COVID hit and he couldn't go and oh. see either of them he it was he was so crushed but yes the darkness are are still touring and he is still following them because <laughs> the last i saw of justin hawkins a singer from the darkness he was on the uk season of the masked singer was he really yeah he was the chameleon on the masked singer oh my god too funny yeah. that show is that show the masked singer in general is just like the most bonkers <laughs> like do you, show. do you have a canadian version then is we don't. Kind of, no. We watch the American version, uh, as in many things yeah. in in Canada. <laughs> the stuff we watch is all the American stuff. It's it's the better version than the Canadian one. Yeah, we've but, been um, watching the American version, and some of them we've guessed. So we've guessed. Uh, have you seen the second series? No. Okay, we've guessed some of them. And um, like you, you guessed correctly. Yeah, some of them we were like straight away, like we know that voice. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, so trying not to give you spoilers, we guessed Ladybird or Ladybug, as they call her. Okay. And we guessed um, Leopard. Oh. Um, so, you can tell me. I won't I oh, won't watch it, probably. So, spoilers, if you're a follow, follower of um, Masked Singer and you've not seen all of Series 2, uh, Ladybird, Ladybug, sorry, um, Kelly Osborne. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, and Leopard, Seal. Huh. Okay, yeah. well, those are, like, some, like, real names. Like, I saw a little bit of the first season, and um, I I mean, the people in the masks were so obscure that, like, I never would have gotten them. But you did really well. Yeah. I find it so funny. Jenny McCarthy, though, one of the judges, she's especially bad for it, that she's like, Beyonce? Meghan <laughs> Markle? I'm like, no, Meghan Markle's not going to be on the masked singer Jenny McCarthy. Like, no. Meghan Markle probably can't because of her connections to the British royal family. And Beyonce exactly. has better things to be doing with her time. Exactly. I'm like, this, come on, like, you're being absurd. Those aren't real guesses. Like, what I did love is that um, Donny Osmond threw everyone off the scent on the first series in the, in the US because he was recording and then back that same, that same night he was flying back in his private jet for his Las Vegas show. So nobody realised it was him. Because they were like, well, he's in Vegas at the same time. It can't be him. Oh, Donny Osmond with a trick, a tr like trickery with your private jet. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All you need is a private jet and you'll pull the wool over their eyes. But yeah, it's a great bit of TV. It's complete trash. But it's oh, yeah. good trash. And, and I have been hearing a lot about it actually. It's like the perfect covid show to resume filming because everyone's in masks anyway oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway well um i liked this dnq file i uh, i'm excited to delve deeper into some of the 2012 discussions that we've started here um but overall i i say bring more hair metal to eurovision that's my takeaway here good let's see if we can find some more metal songs in eurovision for you okay <laughs> Right. Well, so, thanks so much, Chris. Yeah. So next time we'll be discussing the 2012 Eurovision Grand Final in full. And we'll be having that discussion about Engelbert Humperdinck. 
Okay, here we go. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. La 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 la